Welcome to the Song Saloon. I'm singer-songwriter Jordan Smith-Reynolds. Each episode, I meet with an artist to talk about one of their songs. And today, I'm meeting with indie pop duo Only Bricks. And Di Giovanni is the lead vocalist, and Joseph Luzak is on guitar. Only Bricks has unapologetic melodic hooks and uplifting energy for days. Welcome, Only Bricks. Hey. Thanks for having us. Thank you for being on the show. Today, we're looking at Bang Bang. Can you tell us a little bit about the song? Yes. So (laughs) this song we wrote in 2020, and we kind of set it aside. And I don't know what revived our interest in it. We were looking for songs we wanted to release, and we remembered this one. And I think we brought it to our producer, Cameron Steinmeist, and he had some fun ideas for making it like a hyper pop vibe. For our listeners, the song is about this photograph of me and Joseph. So we also happen to be married. And this song was taken when we were falling in love in front of this amazing graffiti mural. And it's the cover art for the song. It's like us kissing and laughing in front of this mural. The song is inspired by the photograph. It captures just that unique time in our relationship when you're just falling in love and sort of head over heels and just experiencing the excitement of the beginnings of the relationship. And it really just like encapsulated that. And what a great way to save time, right? If you have the pictures already, you can just make songs in that. That's your album cover. That's yeah. all the stuff you need. It's great. We were happy to not have to hire a photographer for that album. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's beautiful, too. I really love that mural. It's got a good vibe for sure. Mm-hmm. Cool. We recorded in Durango. It's a songwriting conference. And so while we went to Durango together, we took some time to go to the hotel room and record this song. So let's roll that clip now. Started with a pinprick, just enough to draw blood Red as cherry lipstick, swelling starting to run Sprayed on the wall, the pinnacle Difficult to notice Grows from a crawl, slow motion all Colors spinning open The air is bitter Drowning in ourselves on the shifting ground The camera flashes I'm about to see a star Miserable ballet, don't fight against the high tide Sharp metal stings, the fallen key Shining in the street light These broken wings, once agony Hesitantly take flight
All right, we're back. What's it been like to to get this song out in the world and start performing with it? The version that you just played is a totally different version from the released version, right? The released version is hyper pop, lots of synths, whereas that version, the version you just heard, as well as the version we played at Durango, is a very stripped down vocals and guitar only. It has a very different vibe, and it, in my mind, adds a little haunting nature to it. But I really, really enjoyed the acoustic version. We're thinking about releasing an acoustic mm. version of the song, so that might be coming up. What do you think about the acoustic version? I agree that there's more of an emotional quality to the stripped-down version. We met through our old legal careers, but we quickly became friends because of music and playing in a band together. Joseph had started a band. I became a singer in this cover band. And from there, we started writing original music and all of that. It was called Generator Honey. And you can tell the short version of how you started it. So yeah, the short version is we're both lawyers, but we don't work as lawyers anymore. We're both songwriters now. I recruited Anne from law school and mostly wanted her to join the firm because she, on her resume, <laughs> it said she sang. And at first we were just doing the holiday party. And then fast forward a couple of years and there was a battle of the bands in New York City, which was part of advertising week. We were advertising lawyers and we represent a lot of ad agencies. And so we put our hat in the ring for the battle of the ad bands and we won one year and we won the next year. And it just felt really good to me. And it renewed my passion and love for music and playing live. And I was like, why don't we just do this? So we started, you know, playing cover gigs in and around New York City. It was a lot of Pink, Taylor Swift, Katy Perry. We did like a mashup of Jesse's Girl and Stacy's Mom one time. It was, it was fun. fun. It was fun doing <laughs> it, yeah. At a certain point, I was like... I'm going to start writing songs again. I reached out to the, the band members. I was like, does anybody want to write with me? And Anne was really the only one who wanted to write with me. And so one of the first songs that we co-wrote, I had started writing this song and I had sent it to her and she like basically ripped it apart, but made it totally better. So it was <laughs> start of a good collaboration. And you had never written a song before that time, correct? That's right. Our shared experiences as friends, morphing that into a romantic relationship, really center around playing music together live, singing the words we wrote together. Like that's still a really special experience, even though we're however many years now, eight years into our relationship. So yeah, I love it. I love that we have that connection. I know the Beatles kind of came from doing a bunch of covers and then they went into writing. I imagine having that collaboration and working on songs that are tried and true helped a lot. And I love being able to hear so many different versions of Bang Bang as well, because I've heard the recorded track and then hearing it on piano definitely has a different vibe to it than just acoustic guitar. If it's a good song and you strip it down to its barest elements, melody, lyrics, and basic harmony, guitar or piano and you still like the song, then you know it's a good song, as opposed to it being hidden, if you will, by the production elements, which don't get me wrong, they're important and add another vital component to pop music today. But to me, it's all about the song and how you express it through the emotion of the basic elements of it. Yeah, I tend to really agree with that take. I actually just talked with Althea on the same podcast, and we talked about the role production has in songwriting now it's become such an important part of the song. But I love when you're able to take the production away and it still can stand on its feet. That is a really special thing when that happens. Absolutely. Initially, I quarreled with this notion of production being a component of the song or a 
a valuable component to it. But I do think when you look at top 40 commercial pop space, it's as important an element as the underlying song structure, at least for that type of music. Mm -hmm. With the production in your song for the recorded version, it sets it in this really fun, exciting space with the synths and everything that's going on with it. Tell me a little bit about the song. So it started with the picture. You have this really cool picture that you'll have to check out in the episode notes if you're listening. What came first? I imagine Bang Bang because it's written on the wall, literally. (laughs) Is that what you started and worked backwards? What did that look like? We knew that would be the title, but did we write the chorus first or did it really come from the verse? I, I don't know the answer to that. We knew that it would be Bang Bang for sure. The opening line is sort of inspired by the graffiti, right? Started with a pinprick, just enough to draw blood. There's a red dot at some point up here. The top word bang is in red. So Joseph had this idea of like, let's bring the color red into this somehow and and talk about like how it started really small and then kind of grew. And it was like many relationships, just sort of like you don't even know that it's happening to you until suddenly you're full blown in love. You know, like we, we really did have a friendship that transitioned throughout time. If you could imagine the first, you know, when the artist comes to the wall and they spray that first dot and then how it blossoms and becomes something more. The evolution of the relationship dovetails nicely into the evolution of the painting of that mural. One of the interesting things about that painting is that I don't think that's just one artist, right? One artist started it and then other artists came and added their elements to it. Sure. And even when you think about a relationship, it's not just the two people who are in that relationship, right? Families come together, friends come together and create this unique thing. Just on the spur of the moment, we were walking by that piece of art and there happened to be somebody else walking by and and asked them to take a picture of us. It's so rare to capture a moment in time like that and then allow it to blossom into something else. So that, I think, becomes really meta because in a certain way, it's talking about the relationship. It's talking about the moment when that photograph was captured. It's talking about the creation of that underlying piece of art and how all those things intertwined and evolved from there. It's sort of like the original physical artwork inspired our relationship to take a step, inspired, you know, another piece of art, which was the photograph to be taken, which then inspired another piece of art, which was the song that we wrote. I don't know. Yeah. Which continues to help your relationship grow as you perform it together. Yes. Oh, I love it, Jordan. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) This was like a dinner table conversation about those old days and how young and in love we were. And my feeling of like not wanting to go back to those memories sometimes because I know they're already gone and like you can't relive it, right? All we have is this static 2D picture of it. But this was our attempt to kind of like revive that moment for ourselves. I love that it lives on every time we get to play it. One of the great things about being an artist is you're capturing moments of your own history. And the songs we wrote when we first released our EP five years ago, we've evolved since then, but we can listen to what we wrote back then and say, I remember writing that song. I remember when we first played that live. Or what we were going through with Mm -hmm. that lyric or whatever. And the other thing is like, I'm proud of what we've accomplished and what we've been able to do as artists and the way we've grown and expanded in terms of what we're doing. That's an incredible benefit to being an artist that we don't think about as much, being able to make those little time capsules. That's really cool. 
I do want to talk to you about your relationship. I'm trying to think of other married couples that are also songwriting duos. I imagine that's <laughs> difficult. Talk about what's difficult about that and what works really well. Let's get into that. I mean, you have John Lennon and Yoko Ono who has been maligned into this figure that disrupted a musical arrangement or partnership of the Beatles. You have Courtney Love and Kurt Cobain. You have so many that we actually were brainstorming because we were thinking about doing a music video that kind of centered around dressing as famous rock couples. Pat Benatar and Neil Geraldo are another example of that. They did a, a musical based on Romeo and Juliet using the music from Pat Benatar's catalog written by mm -hmm. both Pat Benatar and Neil Geraldo. And in one article, it sounds like the way they write is they're in separate rooms and they like pass stuff back and forth with each other all day long. And then they like revise and, and do it that way as opposed to the way we tend to write, which is in the same room at the same time. Don't get me wrong. It's hard. It's hard because it's each individual's artwork that they are producing. It's their individual feelings. And, you know, how do you tell your partner, I don't like what you just did, or I don't think that's serving the song, or I don't think that's the right direction. And it's a delicate balance to walk. But on the positive side, we... <laughs> I didn't say it was negative. <laughs> I feel like you're, you're expressing the I'm challenges sorry, of I'm it very sweat, well. I'm sweating over here for some reason. I don't know. I'm nervous <laughs> about answering this question. Warm. No, but on the positive side, we have a shorthand with each other. We already tend to have very similar taste in music and what we like melodically, the kinds of things we're going for lyrically. So, you know, we have kind of a working knowledge of each other and what we want to do as an artist that I think if you're writing around with new people all the time, you just can't have in one session or, or five sessions, you know? So that's really beautiful that we can cut to the chase a little bit. And yes, sometimes it can <laughs> be very tricky for our egos to handle. Especially my ego. I'm, I'm the more... <laughs> sensitive one in the relationship. But we've started writing with other people and it sort of, it, it breathes new life into our co-writing, right? Because mm -hmm. we have another perspective. I think collaboration is such an interesting concept and a scary concept for a lot of songwriters out there. So to be able to do that at the level you do as often as you do as a married couple is really unique. And something that's probably helped you a lot with your collaborations with other people because you've just been doing it so much just the two of you as well. We probably won't have as much conflict with like a third party co-writer as we've had with each other. So yeah. <laughs> at least yeah. there's that. Yeah. You know, what we try to do when we're writing with other artists or writing for other artists is to listen to them and to try and convey what they want to say through our own experiences and contribute to it in an unobtrusive way. When we're writing together, it it's I think Bang Bang was unique in that it was truly a shared experience. Mm -hmm. And so those are easier songs for both of us, I think, to contribute to as opposed to me bringing something that I experienced alone and wanting our artist project to put that to light. Did you find that this song came faster because you had that basis to go off of? I think it did. I feel like it wrote itself. Like we didn't write the title, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> For sure. And then just being inspired by the painting, to me, it was easier and faster. I don't know. I have an extreme frustration about how modern songwriting at least is portrayed in the media about, oh, I wrote this song in 20 minutes. Yeah. It's like, I don't think I've ever written a song in 20 minutes. So do you find that you have a set time that you write? What does it look like for you guys? 
We have two calendar dates every week in the afternoons. Although Joseph is a morning person, but he wanted afternoon. And that's when we will sit down and either finish something that we've started or we'll start a new idea. Apart from that, we're each doing some of our own separate writing exercises that then sometimes generate ideas that we bring. But yeah, that's right now what we're doing. And we're hoping to increase that too, as we incorporate more and more collaboration and all that. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes you have a moment and work on a song because you have the time to do it. And last night was a great example of that because we're in between meetings or whatever it was. And we're both in the studio together. And top of mind was a song we were working on. And we're like, want to try and finish this. It was a horrible writing session, by the way. Showing up is how I like to view it. Like mm -hmm. we showed up and we can't necessarily control what happens every time, but we attempted. Do you find you take certain roles, like one of you is kind of lyric focused and the other is more melody focused. I imagine there's a lot of interplay, but what have you found in your writing sessions? We both identify more as melody people. We're trying to get our lyric chops better and better. Joseph tends to be the one who will come up with harmonic structure. I'll kind of step in and like try to bang things out on the piano that I'm hearing if we're stuck or whatever. But yeah, I think Joseph often provides that foundation on guitar and then we both kind of do it all. Anne has an amazing sense of melody. So she's almost always driving that. But there are moments when she's stuck and I jump in and come up with a melody. And then I think the lyrics are largely a give and take in terms of who comes up with what and how that flows out. Sure. And in the case of Bang Bang, you had a piece of art that you started writing the piece on. Do you find that you start melody first and then lyrics or is it kind of just either for you? I know for me, I'm usually inspired by a line like something comes up and a thought or a concept, a line happens, and then I start writing from there. Do you find that you're driven by melodic ideas and then try to put lyrics on top of that? Yeah, what does that look like? I would agree that for me, it'll often be together for like one line or concept or title. And then I think we tend to go melody first a little more than lyric first. Yeah, I agree with that. I think Part of what we have to do as songwriters is continually inject new and different ways of thinking about things to spark the creativity. I think it was for Better Summer, we found this sample of a guitar riff and we wrote around that. Or I'll just be noodling on my guitar while we're in the session and Anne was like, what's that? And then it'll become something. I think Bang Bang was clearly evolved from Bang Bang in the photograph. And you probably came up with the, the melodic phrase of Bang Bang. So it's, I don't know, I feel like... I put the guitar down and then it's like lyrics. And then you're like, no, I need to figure out the melody. So it's a constant back and forth. I wish that we could just write a page of lyrics and be done with it and then put a melody <laughs> to it. I think that'd be much easier. Right. But that's just not how it goes. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here today. I want to close with talking about inspiration and how you find inspiration. It's so much easier when you have that concept and it's really clear, like it is in Bang Bang for y'all. What do you do to get inspired? Keeping your eyes and ears open, right? Paying attention to what's going on around you and allowing yourself to be a conduit for those things. What was that phrase that we heard last night on a show? As poisonous as a paper cut. Oh, I was right. like, we yeah, should yeah. use that. <laughs> <laughs> 
But uh, yeah, there's a, a rarer occasion where a bigger concept strikes you all at once. We're working on this EP about all of Anne's exes, <laughs> <laughs> which I think is an amazing idea. One of the things that I do is read old journals. And I'm lucky enough to have an online journal that I kept for like 10 years during college, law school, and it has a lot of my emotional drama about these ex-boyfriends or crushes that I had or whatever. So reading that has inspired this idea of like, let's give each one of these a chapter, you know, like let's do a song on each of these dudes and <laughs> kind of give me some therapy. And it's also just great material. You could imagine how excited I am to write yeah. about her exes. <laughs> Amazing. The other thing I'm doing right now is writing a poem a day in the month of March. Mm. So I'm just like, as soon as I wake up, I do my three morning pages and brain dump whatever comes out. And then I pivot to like writing a poem about something, whatever, whatever is in front of me or something I'm going through or a past story or something that I'm inspired by from a podcast or a show or whatever. And not really thinking too hard about why am I writing poetry, but just kind of like doing it as a practice. And I think I want to go back through and yeah, pull some lines or pull some concepts that we can move over into songs. I love that. Do you have a specific structure that you're using for that? It varies every day. I've done some that are a little bit like chaptered. They'll have like a line break in between and a section heading. And then I have started experimenting with American Sonnet, which mm -hmm. is 14 lines. And I believe it's supposed to have like a resolution at the end kind of thing. So that's been fun. That's very cool. Okay, so we have the album of the exes that's on the horizon somewhere. 2024. 2024. <laughs> Great. Where can we find your music? Yeah, right now, Only Bricks is streaming everywhere music streams. So Spotify, Apple, Amazon, etc. And otherwise, Instagram, Only Bricks Band, and TikTok. Only Bricks. Only Bricks. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you all so much for being on the show. Thanks Love for having, having us. Yeah, our pleasure. This was a lot of fun, despite my trepidation early on. Yeah. Just <laughs> no, it was fun. Yeah, thank you all so much. We'll see you next time on The Saloon. Thanks for stopping by The Song Saloon. Episodes are released weekly on Wednesday, and you can follow on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter at The Song Saloon, and visit our website, thesongsaloon.com, where you can find past episodes, transcriptions, sign up to our email list, and find more ways to support the show. Please follow, rate, and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Every little bit helps grow our community of artists, songwriters, and music lovers. We truly couldn't do it without you. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. Started with a pinprick, just enough to draw blood. Cherry lipstick, swelling starting to run Sprayed on the wall, the pinnacle Difficult to notice Grows from a crawl, slow motional Colors spinning open Stop!
Searching blue eyes. 